Okay, boys and girls, it's now time for Treks in Sci-Fi with the star of the show, the geek meister himself, Rico. Hello and happy holidays to all the Treks in Sci-Fi podcast listeners. This is Rico and this is show number 93 for December 24th, 2006. It's Christmas Eve, and we're here with another show, so stand by. Here it comes. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Treks in Sci-Fi podcast. Scotty, beat me up. Fascinating. Stand by to receive our transmission. Well, I may not have done this in a while, but uh, I'd like to just say uh, thank you to everyone who is downloading and listening to the Treks in Sci-Fi podcast. This, again, is your host, Rico. And if you are a new listener for the first time, welcome to the show. And if you're one of those uh, old fogies that's listened to the show since uh, way, way back, uh, I also appreciate uh, you continuing to listen. I must be doing something right, or at least you're uh, maybe amused by my uh, my voice after all this time. Uh, welcome, and, and welcome back to the show, everyone. Yes, it's, uh, it's a uh, fairly early in the morning, uh, Michigan, uh, dreary, kind of uh, rainy, uh, not anything looking outside like uh, Christmas is coming. No snow here, but it is, in fact, Christmas Eve, and I am trying to uh, get my usual weekend podcast uh, finished up before we head out later to some uh, relatives and family uh, this evening, or later this afternoon, I should say. We were out yesterday doing that and today, and let me just say it's also uh, it's also nice to be doing a, a podcast at the normal day and time. Unlike last weekend, where I basically couldn't get out of bed and had to do the podcast about a day late. Uh, it looks like, though, even though that podcast was a day late, the Twilight Zone a special podcast last weekend, or I should say the day after on Monday I got it out, was a pretty big hit. People seem to really enjoy my uh, my take on the Twilight Zone and going over some of Rod Serling's background, some of the individual episodes. I've gotten a lot of good feedback from that uh, show and I think it's it's got people interested in the Twilight Zone a little bit more. Uh, you know, I got a few uh, messages on, the, on my uh, on the forums at treksf.com about it, some emails, and it's just it's gone over real well. And I, I like to hear that kind of stuff, especially when I do something that's a little different than the normal uh, kind of Star Trek commentary podcast. It gives me, uh, you know, it just it's it's fun to break it up for me at least once in a while. And I also like to bring. Uh, other sci-fi TV and movies to people that may uh, may not have seen very much of it or haven't thought about it in a while. One thing I wanted to say about the Twilight Zone, as they usually, I think, have been doing for the past several years, the sci-fi channel on both uh, New Year's Eve and into New Year's Day, which will be in about a week, is going to be doing a uh, uh, Twilight Zone marathon where they're going to play back-to-back episodes Pretty much, I don't know, it's about a 24-hour time period that they're going to do that. So a lot of episodes, since they're only a half hour each, you know, they they end up showing quite a few episodes, a lot of really good ones. So 
If you're in an area that gets the Sci-Fi Channel and interested to uh, catching up on some Twilight Zone episodes, check out the Sci-Fi Channel on on the New Year's Eve and New Year's Day if uh, if you get a chance. I got several uh, wishes for the holiday season, kind of happy holidays wishes, audio comments from uh, some listeners, and I'd like to play uh, some of those for you over the next few minutes. The first one is from a, uh, a forum member named Jen. She's, uh, I don't think she's called into the show before. Uh, she, uh, she, I know she's tried a few times using uh, recording equipment, but she called into the voicemail line to uh, wish everyone a happy holiday. So here's the message from Jen on the forums. Hello, Rico. This is Jen from the forums. Um, I was just calling to wish everyone a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Thanks for the great podcast, Rico. Talk to you later. Bye. Well, thanks for that message, Jen. Uh, happy holidays to you as well, and thanks for taking the time to call in. I've got another, uh, I've got, uh, I guess, about five of these or so, so I'm going to play them all. There's another message here from uh, Jeff. This is uh, Jeff, uh, I think it's Jedi Jeff on the forum, so listen to his message. Hi, Rico. This is Jeff, Jedi Jeff on the forums. I'd like to wish you and the listeners a really wonderful Christmas and holiday season. I hope everyone finds something sci-fi under their tree and something better than this. It's a one-year membership in the Jelly of the Month Club. Oh, God. Clark, that's the gift that keeps on giving the whole year. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. <laughs> Thanks a lot for that, uh, Jeff. Uh, I really appreciate it. Actually, I, I watched with my son last night. I watched uh, uh, Chevy Chase in in. Christmas uh, Vacation, one of my all-time favorite holiday movies. I I have to pull it out and watch it every year, along with uh, watching A Christmas Story and a couple other things. But I uh, I just love that uh, that scene, especially. You know, I, I I'm always joking, uh, even throughout the year, with my kids and my wife about that that particular scene when yeah when certain circumstances come up. You know, I, I always pull out the line. That's the gift that keeps on giving the year, you know, the whole year round. It's just a, a classic. Thanks a lot for that, Jeff. I uh, appreciate that. Oh, I just realized I, I haven't mentioned the main topic for this week. I apologize. I usually try to mention that early in the show, and I don't know, maybe I was keeping it as, a, as some big surprise, but it's not really that uh, dramatic. I am going to uh, do a full audio commentary on another Star Trek animated episode one called the Counterclock Incident, and well, we'll get into that more in a few minutes, uh, but that's going to be the main uh, subject matter for this week's podcast. Uh, and uh, continuing with the holiday wishes from listeners, this uh, this next one, of course, it wouldn't really be complete if we didn't get some kind of a message from our longtime friend of the show and listener Kenny from California. So here's Kenny's message for the holidays.
Hey Rico, it's Kenny from California. I just wanted to wish you, your family, and all your listeners a very Merry Christmas and a Happy Holidays. Take care. Oh, that's great, Kenny. I haven't uh, hadn't heard that in a long time. Uh, I think that's what you, uh, you get a Wookiee for Christmas from. Uh, there's a Star Wars uh, Christmas album out there featuring, uh, I think, a lot of C-3PO and R2-D2. Thanks a lot for that, Kenny. Uh, really good stuff. I really appreciate it. And happy holidays to you as well. Okay, the next holiday uh, and Christmas and Happy New Year wishes is from Walter, who's a WSO32, uh, I think, is his user handle on the forums. Uh, Walt's a, uh, a listener of the show, and he is a, an American in Paris. Yes, just like the movie. He's uh, he's over in France right now for work, I believe. And uh, the cool thing about Walt is he got a Trex and Sci-Fi t-shirt uh, a few weeks back, I guess, uh, sometime uh, in the recent past. And he took some pictures. Someone took some pictures of him in Paris, uh, near the Eiffel Tower, near Napoleon's tomb, uh, with him wearing his Trexan sci-fi t-shirt in France, and I thought that was a cool thing, and uh, if anyone was interested to uh, check those out, they're on the forums uh, for the website, so Walt, I appreciate those pictures, pretty cool stuff, and here's uh, Walt's greeting. Hi Rico, this is Walter from the forums, also known as WSO32. Just wanted to call in and wish you and all the other podcast listeners a happy holidays and happy new year. And that's about it. Look forward to the call uh, next Friday. And uh, again, happy holidays. See you, Rico. Well, thanks very much for that, Walt. Uh, Walt's referring to, as far as the call, we're going to do another Skype uh, group cast uh, with some members on the forums uh, next uh, week, Friday, uh, talk about sort of the year in sci-fi, wrap things up, and our kind of hopes uh, for the future. You know, a lot of these shows, the TV shows we've been talking about a lot, uh, the current ones at least, Battlestar Galactica, Heroes, things like that, are they're kind of in a little bit of a break now. Usually this happens around the holidays, and they'll be due back. Most of them are coming back uh, mid to end January or so. And they all kind of ended in, in some pretty big cliffhangers right now. So uh, I think we're going to have a little chat about that and what we hope uh, and maybe what we uh, think might happen in the next uh, a few episodes when the uh, when these shows come back. So we'll be doing that Skype chat uh, next uh, Friday, the 29th, uh, in the early afternoon Eastern Standard Time. The information is on the Trex and Sci-Fi forums. And I think that's, oh, we've got, uh, sorry, uh, yes, we've got one more uh, call. This is from our buddy Tim in the UK. I think his son is on this message as well. So uh, listen to uh, Tim, from who is also known as Trekkie Geek on the forums. Here's Tim's message. Hello, everybody there. Uh, hello to you, Rico. This is Tim here in uh, sunny England, although it's not so sunny today. I'm joined here with my little 14-month-old boy, Reese. 
and we'd all like to, we'd both like to wish you a very, very Merry Christmas. You can say hello, Reese. Say hello. Now, don't grab the microphone. Say hello and Merry Christmas. Well, you can flick the microphone. Yes, you can do that as well. If you want. But it'd be nice if you actually said Merry Christmas. Say hello. Say hello, Rico. He's a little bit cold. He's only just woken up, so he's a little bit tired and a little bit, aren't you? Say hello. He's got creases all over his face where so he's lying on his dummy. And uh, he's finding this microphone very interesting. Oh. Well, he says, oh, that's his um, contribution to this wish. And I hope it all finds you well. And um, see you next year. Have a good Christmas, everyone. Bye-bye. Well, thank you, Tim, for that message. And Reese, uh, happy holidays. Merry Christmas to both of you. Yeah, I know. Uh, I know what it's like to have a little one around, and and uh, they could be all blabby and talky. And and the minute you uh, get out your video camera or put a microphone, uh, all they want to do is play with it or or, or clam up on you. So, uh, but that's uh, a, a great message there, Tim. Uh, happy holidays, Merry Christmas to both of you. And I hope uh, the weather over there uh, is is good for you guys. It's you know the the United States is is definitely experiencing a very unusual. Uh, early winter so far here it's been raining uh pretty much everywhere i think denver is about you know one of the few places that got sort of a blanket of snow uh for the holidays even in michigan here even in the upper part of michigan it's not snowing at all really much yet so it's uh i don't know if it's global warming or what's going on but it's it's not going to be a white christmas for very many people at least in the states this year so but again, uh, a, a very happy holiday. Merry Christmas uh, to everyone out there listening to the podcast. Uh, I hope you, uh, you know, spend a little time with the family, your friends. Give somebody a call maybe you haven't talked to in a long time. I mean, yeah, it's 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 all great to uh, to get presents, to give presents, and uh, it it's. Uh, but it's I don't know. I try to at least talk to people and email people that I haven't maybe connected with, even if a whole year has gone by sometimes, which, you know, life gets a little busy. Uh, that That's uh, at least what I try to do at this time of the year, kind of reconnect with people. And uh, and I also always tell them about the podcast. I say, hey, if you want to know what's going on with uh, with me and, and, and what I've been up to, uh, listen to my podcast every week. So that's kind of a neat thing and, and something they can catch up on. Um. So that's it for our, our greetings from the uh, from the listeners out there. Uh, I really appreciate you guys sending that stuff in, and it's it's really great to hear from everyone. I'm going to take a short break here. I thought for this break I am going to play another song from uh, the sort of Star Trek-themed band called Warp 11. This song that I'm going to play I thought was kind of fun. It's called A Song for, for Folks. Uh, sorry, it's a, a song for people who never watch Star Trek. And Obsidian from uh, the Extra Life podcast. If you're listening to this podcast, perhaps uh, this song is kind of for you and for anyone else might, who might be listening who's not a really huge Star Trek fan. I thought this song was kind of fun. And right after this, I will be back with the Star Trek animated episode, The Counterclock Incident, and we'll be going through that one. So uh, I'll be back in a few minutes after this song by Warp 11.
final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Okay, like I said uh, earlier, we're going to go over uh, this Star Trek, another Star Trek animated episode from 1974. This episode is called The Counterclock Incident. This episode was written by a guy named John Culver and directed by a guy named Bill Reed. This uh, this episode has the distinction of being the last Star Trek animated episode, but I think it's a good one, so we'll go through it. Captain's Log, Stardate 6770.3. The Enterprise is on course for the planet Babel, where ambassadors from all Federation planets are waiting to honor the Enterprise's distinguished passenger... Commodore Robert April, first captain of the USS Enterprise, and for the past 20 years, Federation ambassador at large. Now 75 years old, Commodore April has reached mandatory retirement age. No matter where I've traveled in the galaxy, Jim, this bridge is more like home than anywhere else. Yes, Commodore, I know the feeling. To me, she was always like my child. I was there in the San Francisco Navy Yards when her unit components were built. So you hear and you find out that the, tools I the uh, Commodore Robert April there was the actually the first captain of the USS Enterprise. The drive. I'm afraid I had to come up with new ideas all the time. That's his wife talking. Sorry, Mrs. April. Your achievements as a pioneer doctor in space are well known. And it's nice to know the lady is as intelligent as she is beautiful. Much like the flower she carries. Oh, doctor. Flattery will get you everywhere. <laughs> but I'm afraid my flower is dying. It's a native of Capella 4, isn't it? Yes. But it has a lifespan of only a few hours. This morning it was a seedling. Within a few hours it will be dead. Excuse me, Captain. You asked to be notified when we made visual contact with the Beta Niobe Nova. Thank you, Mr. Spock. Mrs. April. Now, the uh, big issue in this episode, of course, is uh, this uh, Commodore Robert April, the first captain of the Enterprise, is hitting this mandatory retirement age of 75 for Starfleet, which for 300 years from now seems a little bit uh, young to be retiring. You were present when the star first started its explosion, Jim. Yes, we were, Commodore. Captain. Sensors are picking up an unidentified object, traveling at an incredible speed, presently on collision course with the Enterprise. Put the ship on red alert. One thing uh, I wanted to mention, these were all done at uh, Filmation Studios, created these cartoons, which did a lot of work in the 70s on various Saturday cartoon shows. ever been recorded as traveling at that speed. I believe it is not a natural object, but a ship. But who would have the technology to build a ship that could travel at such a speed? No known race, Captain. There's Nevertheless, a ship going at like contact us warp, in uh, 36, which is basically Helmsman, change way course for 24 Mark 7. Federation and Starfleet. 
Sorry, I hit the volume up there a little too loud. Sorry, apologize. It is apparently heading for the heart of the Beta Niobe Nova. That's a course of self-destruction. Lieutenant Uhura, open hailing frequencies. I want to talk to that ship's captain. Captain, that ship is not responding. All right, if they won't talk, we'll slow them down. Mr. Sulu, put a tractor beam on that ship. Tractor beam on and operating, Captain. We're having a small effect on other ship's speed, Captain. It has dropped to a speed of warp 32. Captain, they are making visual contact. That's Mr. Eriks, the uh, helmsman. He's uh, He has three arms and three legs. Pretty cool creature. Uh. I've never heard that language before. Nor I. That's uh, the voice of the... Uh, Run that message through the universal translator. Excuse me, the uh, voice Perhaps of it can the tell us what language he's speaking uh, in. captain of the ship they're chasing. Captain, the universal translator has the answer. The woman is speaking in the same universal language we speak, but she is speaking in reverse. Lieutenant, let's hear that tape backward, which should sound forward to us. Yes, sir. On the screen. I am on a priority mission. Your beam is slowing my progress. Release my ship at once or I am doomed. Open hailing frequencies again, Lieutenant. Tell her she is endangering her life if she remains on her present course. No use, sir. She's refusing to answer. Captain. Yes, Scotty, what is it? Captain, the engines are buckling. We cannot keep up at this speed. Mr. Eriks, what is our speed? Now at warp 11, Captain. Mr. Spock, how long until the alien vessel makes contact with the Beta Niobe Nova? Three minutes, 42.7 seconds. Now, they violate a few things in this episode. One is that the idea that the Enterprise is going at warp 11. Warp 15. I have no choice. I have to release the tractor beam. I can't destroy this ship. But they're, uh, they're being towed along, so they kind of get around it that way. Sir, I can't release the tractor beam. What do you mean, Mr. Sulu? Our controls are inoperative. The ship isn't responding like it should. Go to manual override. Not responding, sir. We've got to release that beam or we're going to follow that ship into the Nova. Our speed is now warp 20, and the other ship will contact the Nova in one minute. Now, in truth, uh, if the Enterprise seconds. ever went that speed, they'd be ripped off. apart. It's just, uh, it's not built it for that. And, and, you know, the cartoon battle. did a few as things occasionally like this where, we were for the uh, purposes lives, of the story, we are still they would uh, violate a few Captain. of the... You know, normal principles that have gone on in all the previous Star Trek episodes, which, well, you have to sort of accept that, I guess. It's science fiction, and and you can throw out some things about why and how it's possible, but it just just happens in this particular one. You heard that, Mr. Sulu. Aye, aye, sir. Mr. Scott, we're going to apply full braking power in a minute. Aye, Captain, our engines are almost gone. They've only lasted this long at this speed because the alien vessel is pulling us with our own tractor beam. The alien vessel will contact Beta Niobe in 52.3 seconds, Captain. The, uh, besides getting a lot of the original cast voices back for the animated series, you'll notice in this one the guest stars Robert April and his wife are voiced by actors who worked on Star Trek. Uh, Robert April is voiced by James Doohan, who is who's very good at doing different voices. And his wife in this episode is voiced by Nichelle Nichols, Lieutenant Uhura. Get ready to execute course change, Mr. Sulu. Yes, sir. Now, Mr. Sulu. Something's wrong, Captain. We're still being pulled by the alien ship. Impossible. It should have been destroyed instantly. 
Apparently it was not, Captain. Our tractor beam is still connected to her. Yeah, and we're still increasing speed. <laughs> Contact with the Nova in 35.18 seconds. That other ship may have been able to survive the heat of a Nova, but the Enterprise can't. Mr. Scott, how about that full braking power? We're as badly off as before, Captain. We have no control of the ship as long as that alien lassie has us in tow. Contact in 20 seconds. Keep trying those controls, Mr. Sulu. Still no change, Captain. It's got to work. Fourteen seconds. Thirteen. Twelve. Never mind, Mr. Spock. It's no use. Still here. Lieutenant Uhura, can you get us a visual? What? Where are we? They're sort of like in an anti uh, universe right now, or opposite. Uh, the space around them is white and the stars are black. They're Captain's moving in backwards. The Enterprise has passed into the most alien landscape I have ever seen. We are in some reverse universe where black stars shine in a white void. We are still in the toe of the alien ship, both of us having survived the extreme heat of the Beta Niobe Nova. This is Scott calling the captain. Yes, Scotty, how are we doing down there? Well, we just had to learn to run the ship all over again. Every control is working in reverse. All right, Lieutenant Uhura, we're going to contact that ship again. We need some answers. Captain Kirk, the Capellan Flower. I'm sure Captain Kirk has other problems besides your flower, dear. You don't understand. Before we entered this universe, it was about to die. And, and now, it's in full bloom again. How is that possible? It's as if it were growing younger again. I, I can almost feel it while I'm holding it. Captain, the flower is not the only thing on board that is growing younger. Explain, Spock. Ship's chronometers are also running backward. The flow of time is reversed in this universe. The longer we stay here, the younger we will become. The alien ship is responding to our call, Captain. And that's the uh, the big pitch in this episode uh, where the, basically uh, the crew of the Enterprise uh, grows younger as the rest of the episode goes on, which is kind of a neat idea. It was also done in a Star Trek Next Generation episode where some of the crew members... Guy named Picard became younger. We assumed your ship would burn up. I had to return to my own universe, Captain Kirk. Well, who are you? How did you come to be in our universe? I am an explorer of space. I was caught unaware when Amphion, previously a dead star, went nova and came to life. I was pulled into the star. But instead of burning up, I passed into a universe where everything operates in reverse to my universe. Our universe? Yes. My theory is that two stars going nova in the same place in both universes created a gateway, which I passed through. In her universe, a nova is a dead star which comes to life. And when the explosions of a nova in her universe and one in our universe occur together, it's possible to travel between the two universes. 
then we must return the same way through the two Nova. Everybody get that out that there? The, uh, the whole Empire your universe and our Nova. universe and my universe. The, I suggest you set a course to you know, they, my ship. Star Trek and had always done a lot of these sort of parallel alternate universe stories, and this is another one along those lines. We are proceeding to Carla Five's planet, Arendt. kind of neat in this episode you get to see the enterprise moving uh it, in opposite the way it normally would backwards and older for a change it pleases me jim if we stay here long enough i'll no longer be at the mandatory retirement age nevertheless we must return home and i am open to suggestions it is logical that we must reproduce the conditions that brought us here two novas must occupy the same space in both universes in order to create a gateway for us to travel through one star dying in our universe and one star being born here would recreate the correct conditions. That would take a remarkable coincidence, Mr. Spock. Captain, we are approaching Arat. Carla Five is asking if you are prepared to beam down to the planet. Tell Carla Five that Mr. Spock, Commodore April, and myself will be beaming down. Yes, sir. Carla Five has given us coordinates to beam down to her son's laboratory, Captain. Her son? We don't have time for children's games right now, Scotty, but beam us down. Aye, sir. May I introduce my son, Carl Four? My honor to meet you, gentlemen. Most logical. If the flow of time is reversed, then one is born at an old age and dies in infancy. Your descendants are born before you. The only trouble with that idea I'd like to see is how someone actually is born uh, like an old large man or woman. It's, um, well, again, like I said, something you have to sort of swallow for this episode. We discover a way to return to our positive matter universe. Exactly the problem I have been working on since Carla informed me of your troubles, Captain Kirk. This is a map of our galaxy. Our home solar system is here. You entered our universe through the Amphion Nova. Here. We need to coordinate this to our own universe. Can we do that, Spock? Yes, Captain. Apparently, the two universes occupy the same space, but in different dimensions. Assuming Beta Niobe and Amphion. Well, of course, isn't that always the case with these alternate universes, which, uh, like the parallels one we talked about a couple weeks ago with Worf going through alternate alternate universes with different enterprises? You'll see the Milky Way. Here is Beta Niobe, and here is Earth. It corresponds exactly with Arat. By superimposing both star maps, we will see where two stars occupy the same place in both universes. The red spheres indicate where two stars are in the same space. No pair are novas in both universes. If stars begin as dead stars here, then we could bring one to life prematurely. Yes, we could act as a midwife giving birth to a star, then we could have two novas in the same position and theoretically return home. But I had to pass through the novas at my ship's top speed to avoid burning up. Your ship isn't capable of such a speed. That's true, Captain. You are welcome to use my ship, Captain. 
I have a crew of 430, Carla 5. Your ship is suitable for only a few people. We can't use her ship to transport us, Captain. But we could use it as an unmanned ship with our tractor beam attached. It could work. That's how we arrived here in the first place. It should work, yes. But any miscalculation anywhere along the way, and we'll be plunging tail first into a supernova. Well, yeah, of course. You gotta, it's like, it's gotta work, right? But if it doesn't, we're dead. That's always the way it is. Time continues to flow backward for us. The, one one interesting bit of trivia in this episode is the whole idea of uh, Commodore April being the first captain of the Enterprise. Now, this was slightly uh, reaffirmed in the Enterprise TV series as well. So even though sometimes the animated series isn't always considered canon or official Star Trek, they did recognize Robert April in that uh, Enterprise episode as being the first captain of the Enterprise. So if you want to dazzle your your Star Trek friends out there with some Star Trek trivia. Most people think of uh, Pike and Kirk as being the captains of the Enterprise, Pike being the first one, and then Kirk. But it really was Robert April here who was the first captain of the Enterprise. And if you read some of the early Star Trek uh, books, uh, April was the first name or the first uh, idea Gene Roddenberry had for a name for the captain of the Enterprise was April for the last name. And that's kind of an interesting bit that he kept that name in the back of his head and they used it for this episode. We shall all be children. And captain, that also means we are losing our knowledge at an alarming rate. It is possible we so will now soon the, be unable to operate the they're Enterprise. They're slowly becoming younger on the Enterprise. How is our course, Mr. Sulu? I don't know. What am I doing here? What is all this equipment? He's too young, Captain. Mr. Eriks, take over for him. Lieutenant Uhura, report to Navigation Console. I'm sorry, sir. I don't understand all this equipment. What do I do with these controls? Never mind. Spock, can you fill in for Sulu and Uhura? Yes, Captain. But who will fill in for you? What do you mean? At what age did you become a starship captain? And when did you enter Starfleet Academy? I see what you mean. As a Vulcan, I age the slowest. I will be capable of assuming command longer than anyone else. But even I will become too young to know what to do. Captain's log supplemental. We have 11 minutes of real time left to reach the dead star. But all around... My crew are turning into children, unable to operate the ship. Ten minutes, 14.21 seconds, Captain. We shall arrive with only moments to spare. We will need to disconnect the tractor beam at the appropriate time. Tractor beam? How do we do that, Spock? Captain, I must assume command. You are no longer able to command the Enterprise. Whatever you say. What shall I do? Mr. Spock, as long as I am aboard, I am senior officer. I hate to pull rank, but you will be capable of command only for a few minutes. Not long enough to complete the maneuvers necessary to take us home. You are correct, of course. Commodore April, command is yours. Commodore? I'm Captain April, Mr. Spock. Robert, we are the only adults on the bridge. They're all teenagers and children. Make sure no harm comes to them, Sarah. We have to ignite that dead star if we're going home. Mr. Spock, you are still capable of following orders? Yes, Captain. Very good. Assume your post at the navigation console. Now, there's a little hitch in this. 
the um, you know they've been talking about doing this Star Trek movie with Kirk and Spock as young cadets in Starfleet and everything. So this uh, episode would imply that Spock is uh, a bit older than Kirk, and therefore, uh, as he's getting younger, he has more uh, age to uh, call upon as he ages backwards. According to the StarTrek.com websites, Kirk and Spock are within a few years of each other about the same age. Even though Vulcans live a lot longer, they were still born within a few years of each other. So this episode, though, I think makes Spock uh, seem to be older than Kirk. We're home again. We're all right. We're home. The reverse aging process has stopped. But the Enterprise crew, they're all children. They can enter the transporter. It retains a memory of their original molecular structure. But what about us? We don't have to use the transporter. We can remain young, live our lives over again. You could command a starship once more. What a blessing to be able to live one's life over again. If the life you've led has left you unfulfilled. No, Sarah, I don't want to live it all over again. I couldn't improve one bit on what we've had together. Oh, Robert. I thought that was a good idea that they did decide to not use the transporter again. And, or I mean, say they decided to use it to uh, become their older selves. A message from the Federation that might bring you some cheer. Lieutenant Uhura, would you relay it to Commodore April and his wife? In view of Commodore April's heroic actions aboard the USS Enterprise this stardate, we are reviewing his mandatory retirement and will consider his appeal to remain Federation ambassador at large. Well, good. Just because someone is 75 years old doesn't mean they're ready to stop giving service to the galaxy. Arriving at Babel in one hour, 15 minutes, Captain. I see your flower has blossomed again. Yes, our trip into the negative universe gave it a second life. It gave all of us a second life. So there you have another uh, Star Trek animated episode, The Counterclock Incident. Pretty interesting uh, uh, concept and idea, I thought. Uh, this, uh, you know, reverse aging and then the whole idea of the retirement age for the Starfleet for Commodore April. And, and you know, in, the, in his and his wife's decision to, uh, to not to do that, to not... Uh, stay young again and, and sort of relive their lives. They felt that their lives had been uh, very well uh, served and were full of, uh, you know, life and their, you know, time in Starfleet. And they decided not to go back in time, basically, and, and do it again. And, you know, that's, uh, I'm not really considering myself an old guy yet or anything. A uh, couple of teenage sons, still got a lot of years, you know, knock on wood, all that. But, uh, you know, it's it's something to uh, to kind of think about, I guess, a little. If you know, if you were an older person, and we, would you uh, would you want to go back and, and sort of re you know redo it all again, and uh, or maybe have another chance at doing things different? I guess that's uh, 
you know, what what I think Commodore April in this episode was really saying was that, you know, if he could go back and, and do it again, he, there wouldn't really be a lot that he would change. He was happy with his life, and it's um, it, he's felt like he had a full life. And even though the this idea of retiring at 75 uh, based on Starfleet's rules was, uh, was a little bit uh, severe, and they, you could hear at the end of the episode that they changed that idea that Starfleet was kind of reviewing that policy. You know, they've they've always had a couple of weird things, I thought, in Star Trek. One was in the uh, episode, um, The Turnabout Intruder, uh, which was uh, like the last episode of the third season. You know, the whole thing with Janice Lester and woman in command and, and changing uh, bodies with Kirk and so she could command a starship and the rule in Starfleet then of no women in command of of a uh, Starfleet vessel was was pretty archaic. You know, I know that the show was done in 1969, but I would have thought Gene Roddenberry would have, you know, he he really was um, pretty uh, innovative in putting uh, certain people from different races and and male, female, and in, in important positions on the Enterprise. And but they, he said, oh, but even in you know a few hundred years, Starfleet would still not allow women to be in command of starships and of course eventually you know in star trek voyager you did see a woman in command and and that rule kind of went away and i which is you know a good thing i think i mean i don't uh, there's no reasons really that that women or or just about anyone else can have any of these positions and the age thing too i mean i've always felt that that the age or retiring in that whatever your job perhaps is, as long as you can do your job and do it well, uh, there shouldn't really be any kind of mandatory. Here's Rico getting up on his soapbox for the week, and uh, yes, I am. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, for example, I work at a fairly small company, and there are quite a few people there that at the company that I'm at that are, are pretty much into their, you know, 70s and 80s. Some of them have retired and kind of come back and work part-time as consultants and, and do different things, but are still trying to remain, you know, active and, and partake in, in what the what's going on in the company. And this idea that, you know, boom, you hit a certain age, no matter what you do, no matter what kind of physical or mental shape that you're in, and boom, you kind of, you're out. And, you know, part of it has to do with just these days with companies having limited uh, jobs and limited uh, resources, you know, you can't keep everyone on the payroll for all of time. So that's a different situation. That That's just a, a company economic driven thing, not just, oh, well, you're 65 or whatever. You you really can't do the job anymore. We're going to hire somebody who's 25 to do it. And it's kind of a sad thing a little bit when you think about it. So, But that's uh, that's all I'm going to say about the, and, and get off my uh, my little uh, diatribe on, on, on talking about age and retirement. But the Counterclock Incident animated episode, and I thought it was kind of a fun one to go through. Uh, I'll be going through, like I've said before, a few others of the animated series over the over the next few weeks and months. Uh, whenever I feel like uh, I'll slip one in occasionally, and uh, this week it seemed like a good thing to do uh, for uh, this pre-holiday uh, show. A little different uh, thing to do rather than a full uh, regular Star Trek episode. So. I'm going to take a little short break here, and we're going to come back and wrap up the show. Hi, this is Len from Job on Radio, and whenever I need the latest Star Trek or sci-fi news, I listen to my friend Rick on the Treks and Sci-Fi podcast. Hey, do you think he's going to be talking about Wookiees? Because I love Wookiees. Okay, I'm back. Uh, a couple of things I wanted to talk about uh, before we wrap up this week. So I'm not going to really go over any uh, collectibles uh 
this uh, for this show. I've uh, I'm I'm probably going to be doing in a, pretty soon in another week or two kind of a, a, a special just collectibles and collecting only show like I've done uh, I've done one of those I think before and get caught up on a few things but no no special uh, collectible talk uh, today on Christmas Eve uh, may, maybe uh, you know in a week or so after the holidays maybe if I get a couple of cool new items or books or or items or toys and things like that for the for the holidays I'll I'll talk about them. I did want to mention uh, a kind of a non-sci-fi thing. I wanted to mention I saw the movie uh, Rocky uh, Balboa uh, a few days ago, and this is not a sci-fi thing at all, but I I just got to say this is a really good movie. Sylvester Stallone, you know, a lot of people were moaning and groaning, this old guy, uh, you know, being or doing another Rocky movie after so many years and you know kind of like saying oh come on that's that's got to be kind of a joke and everything like that but this movie has just a lot of heart in it and Sylvester Stallone does a great job with it in writing directing and they spend a lot of time with what's been going on with Rocky in his life and I'm not going to give anything really major away on the episode or the episode excuse me on the movie but if you are a fan at all of these movies of Rocky and you just want to have uh you know your heart tugged on a bit for for an hour and a half or whatever or a little bit longer than an hour and a half i think it was about an hour and uh 45 50 minutes uh go see this movie it, it is not really all about fighting and boxing of course there's a little bit of that in there but this is uh it's it's a great movie and it's been getting some pretty good reviews by the critics and i think uh people are uh, are really uh really warming up to it and and like i said sylvester stallone does a great job so go see rocky balboa when you get a chance i do have a uh, a little contest that i wanted to do i have a uh, a star trek next generation a wesley crusher cadet wesley crusher action figure to give away and i'll i'll run this contest uh for about a week i think until next weekend's podcast and all you've got to do is send me an email at treksf. The email treksf at gmail.com is the right address. Put contest in the title of the email. And what I want uh, people to email me about, and this is going to be another sort of random drawing, but you just have to send an email. And in the email, mention uh, what movie or maybe just a TV series, what are you looking forward to for the next year, for 2007 the most? You know, there's a lot of big big movies coming out next summer spider-man 3 uh the next fantastic four movie a lot a lot of big movies coming out during uh, the summer next year and you can find all that info out uh, one site i like to use a lot is called coming soon.net uh, gives you all a lot of good information on the movies coming uh trailers things like that so send me an email send rico an email at treksf at gmail.com with uh, what movie or or television show or maybe even continuing series that you're looking forward to watching and seeing in 2007. And then I will take all those entries uh, and pick a random one to win the Cadet Wesley Crusher action figure. And we'll announce that winner on next week's show. So send those in, and I'll look forward to uh, reading them. Well, even though this isn't quite the last show of our uh, last podcast I'll do before the end of 2006, uh, there'll probably be at least one more, maybe even two, if I slip one in during the week coming up. Uh, I just want to say, you know, this last year, uh, the people on the forums, other listeners out there, 
It had been really great. I've really had a great time doing the podcast this year. Uh, I also want to give a uh, special shout-out and thanks to other podcasts that I enjoy. I just sort of go down a, a, a few of them. Uh, the Extra Life podcast I've mentioned several times at myextralife.com. Those guys do a great job every week over there. Very fun podcast. Scott and Obsidian, Andrew, Brian, you guys do a great job. I really enjoy listening to that show. Uh, Star Wars Action News, great show with Arnie and Marjorie. Uh, just search for them. You can search for all these podcasts on iTunes or just on the Internet in general, but Star Wars Action News, uh, they do a great job every week. If, you want, if you're want, if you into Star Wars collecting at all, listen to Arnie and Marjorie's podcast. They do a great job. If you're a World of Warcraft fan, uh, the uh, the net with Scott Andrew is a great show. Do that every week. Uh, and I actually, I'm still playing World of Warcraft. I finally got my first character to level 60 just a few days ago. Only took two years of playing off and on for uh, for me to get my first character to 60. I actually have another character that's in the early 40s, uh, Warlock. And my first uh, first character to 60 was a Gnome Mage. And I know Scott over at Extra Life isn't too... Uh, too much of a fan of the gnomes, but hey, I like the gnomes. They're cute little uh, fun characters to play in World of Warcraft. So, But uh, TheInstance.net, another great podcast. Uh, if you're a techie, if you like uh, computers and, and information on that, This Week in Tech, the Twit podcast, those guys do a wonderful job every week. Uh, comics, if you're into comics, Comicology is a great comic podcast. Neil Gorman does a great job on that show. Every week, uh, well, not I'm sorry, not every week. Neil's been, uh, he's kind of every few weeks he puts one out. He's a, he's got a lot of things going on. Uh, he's in school, he has a job, he's he's a really busy guy. So, But I appreciate his podcast when he gets a chance to put it out. Uh, Geek Fu Action Grip uh, is uh, by Murr Lafferty, another great podcast. Slice of Sci-Fi is another great uh, sci-fi podcast that I listen to. I just thought it'd be kind of fun to go through a few of the other shows that I throw on my iPod and get me through uh, my drive uh, to work each day back and forth and the ones I listen to uh, uh, each each um, every week uh, for the most part. Some of these don't come out every week, but uh, you get the idea. So, And there are a few others that I listen to. Um, I listen to Scott also on Infendo. If you're a Nintendo fan at all, they do a great job. Infendo uh, Radio, that's another good one. So, uh, And I'm sure there's a few others, but those are the big ones that I've been listening to over the past year. And I just kind of wanted to say thanks to all the people that work on those shows. Uh, you uh, you make things a lot more enjoyable than, than good old radio used to do. Uh, I can't uh, even handle listening to radio anymore. I listen, either listen to music on my iPod or podcasts. So. And that's going to just about wrap up the show for this week. I want to say Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, uh, whatever you celebrate. I hope you have a good time with friends and family. I know it's going to be fun for us, and I, I'm really looking forward to the rest of today and tomorrow especially, of course. And I thought that might be kind of fun to to end the show with a, a Christmas song. It's, uh, you know, do something a little different uh, to end out this uh, this week's show. So, Happy Holidays, Merry Christmas, everyone, uh, from Rico and from Trex in Sci-Fi. Have a great time. Stay safe out there. Be careful on the roads. A lot of uh, people out there driving that don't drive a lot the rest of the year, it seems, and uh, and also maybe uh, a little too much Christmas cheer sometimes, I think. So be careful out there. And I will finish off this podcast with a song. This is a new uh, 
uh, version of uh, an old uh, John Lennon song. The song is, uh, this one's done by Sarah McLaughlin. It's called uh, Happy Christmas. And it's, uh, I, I think this song is, is, is a really good, meaningful Christmas song. Not that every Christmas song has to be meaningful, but I, I enjoy this one. This is a, uh, a good Christmas song, and we will end the show with this. Have a happy holiday, everyone. And here's Sarah with a happy Christmas song for all of you. Bye-bye until next time. So this is Christmas And what have you done Another year